Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's morphin' time! and welcome back to Think Critical, your Dungeons & Dragons survival guide. My name is Laura, the treacherous player sometimes. <laughs> sometimes DM. Uh, to my left, I have... Um, the resident house elf and probably one of the greatest players. Like, oh, ever. okay. <laughs> and to my left... Is uh, me, Josh. I am a player and DM currently. Uh, too many days a week. Uh, but yeah, to my left. <laughs> <laughs> my name is Simon, and I am currently running five different campaigns on each day of the uh, week, Monday through Friday. Uh, so I am the Forever DM. Nice, nice. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> you know, the best part about that is that I'm in, I think, four of those. Or like You're Marina in, and I. Mm-hmm. You are in the Friday, the Thursday, and the Tuesday. Yes. So three out of five, yeah. And then on Tuesday, we alternate between you DMing and one of our other friends DMing. So you're a player too. <laughs> kind of. I don't know. I mostly just sit there and wait for violence to happen. <laughs> That's okay. true. It's, I made the character to be like, ridiculously combat savvy and not very roleplay heavy. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of hang out. You know, make funny voices, <laughs> crack jokes, and then a fight starts, and I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> it's my time. <laughs> it's my time. So, everybody, how was our week of D&D this week? Well, I felt like I just went into mine, so. <laughs> <laughs> just clocked in the first day. Yeah, just <laughs> punching the old time card. <laughs> oh Josh, did you play anything fun this week? Um, I'm on week two of... The campaign, two campaigns that I'm running in the same universe. Um, so that's been fun because I was a little rusty at DMing and it's kind of nice getting back into the swing of it and kind of being able to flex my creative muscles yeah. and um, get that all prepared. So that's been kind of on my mind a lot. And then we have our Friday yes. uh, sessions that we do. And the I just, doors. Yep, the old doors campaign. <laughs> and uh, I just finished my Saturday session that I'm a player in. That was my year and a half one that I'm in. Awesome. So, yeah. Oh, that's right. where you play Sparrow, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's when Sparrow gets to gets to help everyone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so aggressive. <laughs> I never thought the term aggressively helpful would actually really mean aggressively helpful. <laughs> it's like the only character that I currently play. Yeah. Is aggressively helpful. Yeah. <laughs> Support turned up to eleven. As, yeah, as high as I can go, I'll break the knob if I can. <laughs> Just buy a new set. This yeah. one goes to twelve. <laughs> what about you guys? What about you, Marina? Um, I don't know. We played the evil campaign and then the Friday campaign, right? This week. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I always have so much fun. My favorite character will always be Lilith. Because she's just like really easy to role play, and we played. I played her, and like, oh, things are not going well for her. 
No. It's really not. The the evil campaign kind of took a turn this week. Yeah, it (laughs) turned actually kind of evil (laughs) instead of just like... We did get 20,000 experience points, though. Worth it. That was exciting. Mm -hmm. It was a very intense session. Yeah. We did a lot of bad things, but it is the evil campaign, so I feel like... Although my alignment is good... Is it? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I saved a baby, and then I did something else, and then I was like, oh, I'm good now. Even though she's, like, really evil at some point. And a berserker barbarian. Yeah. Yeah. Is she the one that has, like, one level in cleric or something weird? Two levels in cleric. Oh, my goodness. Soon to be three, because she's, like, a healer, but she's also, like, because she's just, she's kind of crazy, so she'll, like, she'll, like, kill a bunch of, like, like um bad guys and then she'll drop rage and be like heal 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 and then go back into <laughs> um being a barbarian and then rage again and then kill a bunch of other people so it's really i think it's fun yeah that was cool it, it was, was a, a good, good character time. yeah i really enjoy it honestly but yeah you evil campaign really uh man it got dark this yeah week. <laughs> it's like oh god not the children <laughs> It was so sad. <laughs> so my character kind of adopted a Duragard and Asimer little by children. accident. No, that was totally not by accident. That was totally yeah. Well, you did kind of kidnap both. Although that's not true. The Asimer we kind of saved from like a underling, mm-hmm. underdark, uh, slave palace kind of so thing. <laughs> she's like a fifteen-year-old mom of two, and it's so much fun. <laughs> As one does. <laughs> Listen, we've all been there. <laughs> but, I don't know, she's just, um, yeah, I feel like her other part of her character is coming out more. Because she was, like, when I first made her, she had, like, this split personality, and it was called Eve. And, like, I was going to make it so, she, like, she came out every time she turned into, like, you know, she rages. But then she got put in a box, and then it was just, like, you know, under the bus for, like, ever. And now it's, like, coming back, and I'm just like, ooh, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how we're going to get around that one. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I don't know if you're going to be able to, and it's very entertaining for uh, me behind the screen. I just want to see my character, if she does die, I want her to die with purpose, not like my other character. Oh. <laughs> very depressing. I got to, like, not to, nah. but I got to DM. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, yeah, it was this week. And uh, with uh, my niece and nephew, and they're, they're like four and seven now, I think. And um, that was amazingly fun. It was wonderful. They um, it, Playing with kids that are that young, you have to, you're, you're kind of the DM, but you're kind of not the DM because if they say, I want to have a silly monster right there with big puppy dog eyes and like stuff. I mean, can you say no? <laughs> I mean, I can. I don't know. Well, you could, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we we made up a, a silly monster who was made of gloop, and he was like, yeah, kind of like a ditto, but tall and like Frankenstein looking. Oh, and uh, that was that was really fun. My niece is a tabaxi bard, <laughs> and uh, she's classic, uh, like a house cat looking character as opposed to like a larger humanoid, and. Uh, I forget what Ellis was. I wasn't there. Goodness. It was really fun, though. That was probably the highlight of my mm-hmm. week. <laughs> that sounds like fun. It was so much fun. <laughs> but, but there needs to be a silly monster right here. I'm like, I know, but we're, we're facing these goblins right now. But a silly monster. 
you know what? All right. You're right. <laughs> Here he comes. <laughs> out of the fake. the room together. <laughs> <laughs> Just oh standing God. in a dungeon. You know, I, was, I wasn't I was sold on the silly monster, but uh, <laughs> now looking around, not going to lie, ties the place together. <laughs> I it think looks, it's... Looks clean in here now. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's probably going to end up being an NPC character. But uh, good weeks, guys. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I like that. Real. I uh, just real quick. I love when uh, that's happened. I don't think it matters the age of the players. As a DM, sometimes you'll introduce something that's just kind of like, oh yeah, this is a little throwaway thing. And then the, your players fall in love with it and you're like, cool, guess this guy's going to need a backstory. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's not always a silly monster, but sometimes you're like, yeah, here's the messenger. He gives you the message. All right, he's going to leave. Well, wait, what's he? Uh... <laughs> he's a dwarf. His name is Jim, spelled with a Y and an apostrophe for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like WYSIWYGs. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> no. mm-hmm. That's the thing, though. WYSIWYGs supposed to be important, kind of. True. So going into talking points for this week, or kind of what we wanted to talk about, um, I've been working a lot with world building, and I thought that would be something fun to bring up as just kind of an introductory. If you are going into DMing and you're kind of start... I mean, they have the world of... Dungeons and Dragons that you can get into that are is pre-made and kind of goes yeah, with the world the, of Faerun. Yeah. Um, but there's also this other aspect of DMing where you can create your own world, which is what Simon has done, which we most of our games are played in. Um, what was the name of your world again? Laura Callie. Laura Callie, that's right. Yeah. Which, to be 100% honest, is like 80% my world, 20% Faerun. Um, so for example, like the city of doors, sigil, the city of doors Mm -hmm. is a pretty popular thing called Planescape and it's a like established universe and there's like a bunch of stuff there, but I like to implement it because I think it's interesting as like a adventure hub. Yeah. Like the Mm -hmm. city of doors, you're just like, oh yeah, there's, it's literally the city of doors. You walk down the right back alley, open a door and suddenly you're in, you know, the middle of the ocean or you're on a sky fortress or you're hanging out giants and it it works very well as that. So, uh, but the world itself, the main world it connects to in my world is my world. Which has been a lot of fun exploring over the course of the past year. Mm -hmm. You guys have definitely helped flesh it out. It's been pretty fun. But as far as like world creation and like, cause you have a map that you have drawn out for (laughs) the world there. Um, so a lot of times getting into, I mean, it doesn't really matter how artistic you are. Um, but if you go into making the world and like drawing the mountains and mm-hmm. placing little tree faces and stuff like that mm-hmm. into, you know, getting to, into details and stuff like that is really fun. There's so many tutorials out there too, that people, if you have like a basic photo editing, um, program, mm-hmm. if you just go on YouTube, there's dozens and dozens and dozens of channels that will like here's how to do this, or here's some sample mountains that you can copy and paste into your thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, there, there's a lot of good resources out there too. If you do want to kind of make a fancy looking map or something a little more, I don't know, like official looking. Yeah. Um, mm. There's some really good resources out there. Yeah. I enjoy it because you can make it as realistic or as fantasy as mm-hmm. you would prefer. Like you can put deserts right next to forests and 
you know, bogs right next to high mountains and stuff. And, um, or, or you can go along and follow the tectonic, uh, boundaries of your, you know, continents. Um, the map that I made for, uh, my world is, uh, I drew it out by hand. So there's a couple of YouTubers that I'd used in the same Mm -hmm. way that kind of went through different details and shading and stuff like that. And, um, that was a questing beast. I think was one of them. And then pen and blade uh, were both really good. Uh, they have different kinds of pens that you, that they suggest and things like that. that oh, kind so of, they're fancy. Yeah. They're nice. <laughs> super cool. And they, I'll they check those out. I've never actually heard of those ones. Yeah. They're, they're pretty cool. He has one that I think it was questing beast that starts from the very beginning and uh, goes kind of starts with a blank page mm-hmm. and goes all the way through different like forests and mountains and cities and, rivers and things of that nature so it's pretty fun hmm. i think you and sam or my brother sam uh marina started doing that as well didn't you yeah we like we kind of just like drew a little island and then we would make you know like little spots in there and say maybe maybe we'll make this into more and it's just it's actually surprisingly really easy because all you do is squiggly lines squiggly lines yeah, map. <laughs> it's almost like the more you overthink the the map drawing process, mm-hmm. sometimes it can make it more difficult. To yeah. Be. Also, I love there are like certain little kind of happy accidents that happen. I mean, it's it's total Bob Ross, but uh, one of the not first map, but one of the maps I created once. I didn't realize it at the time, but the way I had drawn it, there was a river going up, <laughs> and. Like, and uh, Someone pointed it out, and I was like, oh, no, yeah, you guys don't know. And then eventually, when they actually made it to that area, it was a, uh, like, weird kind of almost like fey area. So the water flowed up, and, huh. the tree, and like, uh, the trees gave off kind of, like, white fluffy cloud-looking things, and the sky was this, like, almost dirt brown. So it was like an inverted world type thing. Cool. And honestly, I just came up with it because I drew the map wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you had to like fit that in, but that sometimes like you can't plan that. So yeah, yeah. It gives like character to your world, which is kind of why I thought it was um, important when you were saying like how they, the players, helped you flesh out your yeah. world a little bit. Yeah. Because you can only plan so much. Yep. And then when you start going in a detailed like step by step of people exploring your world, suddenly you realize there's so much detail that you don't have. That you didn't need to plan because you have to do it right now. You know, and you mm-hmm. kind of do it as you go. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a big part. What's it? All right. New, uh, another rule number one. <laughs> uh, D&D is collaborative. You know, as a DM, uh, you got to be open to your players adding things and breaking things because they're going to break everything. It just sometimes they break it into new and interesting shapes and stuff that you had never considered or thought about suddenly going to be super important to your, you know, world. Like, uh, there are several plants and animals in my world that my players have named because they were in an area and they were like, oh, we're going to go hunting. What's in this area? And I could have just been, you know, simple and been like, oh, there's deer. But for whatever reason, I was like, oh, there's this creature. It's a thing kind (laughs) of like a deer, but also kind of like a boar. Who knows? (laughs) it's like avatar animals yeah you just like describe vaguely enough where their imagination is like sew the stitches together yep and they guess it and you're like 
You got it. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. It's like, well done. Yeah. Well done. I know. <laughs> My players can always tell when I like just came up with something because I'll just be like, exactly. <laughs> like, they will fill in the blanks. I'll be like, oh, exactly. That's it. Exactly. And like, uh-huh. you know, good times. Great. <laughs> There's a couple ways you can go about map building too because like I don't usually start with drawing. I don't know, like, for example, like in writing, there's two different ways that you can, like, write a story. Typically, they call it either plotting or pantsing. Hmm. And plotting is, like, when you plan it out, like, you look at the story arc and you kind of go into super hard detail. And then there's pantsing where you kind of, like, have a general idea of where you want the story to go. But you just write, like, one sentence at a time and just kind of see what happens. And a lot of times writers will talk about how when you do end up writing, sometimes you get things in the story that you didn't know were necessarily going to happen. Like you're just kind of like following instinct as you're writing and suddenly like different things are happening or characters are taking on personalities. And the reason why I'm bringing that up is um, there's a lot of really good map generators out there that kind of can give you this randomness to world creating. Um, And that's how I always start every map that I've ever made is by doing like a fractal map generator there's one really good website called donjon hmm. which is like d is and david o and is a nancy j o and is a nancy uh, if you just type that into google there's a, a list of multiple things they can do there's one that's like there's a planet generator Ooh. there's one that's a dungeon generator and it like mm-hmm. like creates like hallways and doors and you can even have it put in like there's going to be a trap here or not and sometimes <laughs> i won't do that because it's like it, it's not always specific to what you want to do with that dungeon but I'll at least kind of get this base thing because sometimes when you're planning a lot of stuff, it's a lot easier to have something just give you this sort of abstract continent. And, and then you're like, okay, these are the parameters now that I have to work in. Right. And it kind of limits you from getting too off in one direction or, you know, sidetracked yeah. or something like that. Oh. So, and I'll usually take it in Photoshop and just like edit the hell out of it. But it does yeah. start to have like, it's a really, it's really good for me, at least in my personality, to have like a base yeah. that can like <laughs> rein me in Absolutely. before yeah. I start getting super yeah, creative. That's actually why I drew my map, um, uh, because I, I, I'm kind of like you. I need restraints. Uh, if I let my imagination like run wild, it will actually run wild, and I will not focus on any one thing i would like i needed boundaries so i finally one day i sat down and i just scribbled like i just drew shapes and eventually once all the shapes were done i was like okay where can i put everything and i just put in what i already had and then it stopped me from growing more right uh because at one point my world almost like if i had planned it out the way or drawn it the way it was at that moment it would have been like a giant circle with like a single ocean in the center <laughs> and like the, just the dynamics of it because a bunch of stuff was lined up next to other things. And like, it was out of control. Uh, I needed something to rein me in. So I drew shapes. And once I had shapes, I was like, okay, where can I fit things into here? And there's still enough wiggle room that my players can like, you know, find a village or go yeah. and find a dungeon or go and find a temple and find this and that and man, 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 on and on. So yeah, I, I definitely understand where you're coming from when you're like, Oh, you need restraint. You need boundaries. Yeah. yeah. There was a technique that they were talking about on one of the videos. I'm not sure who it was, but uh, where you just have a blank sheet of paper 
and you take your dice, like a large amount of dice, and you just throw them out onto the paper, and then you um, trace around them, and that is your boundaries for your nice. for wow. your countries. And it like these would be techniques if you're having trouble getting started. Yeah, you know. But I I did mine more pen and paper, so it was a little bit different than. Yeah doing it on the computer but it sounds like fun too <laughs> i know the the dice thing sounded pretty cool i think i was looking at matt making tutorials a couple months ago and i ran across a video like that i don't know if it was the same one but yeah. i was like mm-hmm. okay it's, like, yes. it's essentially the same concept of <laughs> yeah. like me using like the fractal random generators yeah know? yeah but i guess sometimes starting is the hardest part because you're like you have all these nebulous ideas in your brain of what you want the world to look like sometimes like on the surface level or what kind of people or cultures, or maybe you have just one city that you're like, Oh, it'd be cool if there was this kind of city. In yeah. There. But then you like keep pulling it back and you're like, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. And I don't know. Sometimes like the leaving it to fate, whether it be hitting the random button on a generator or throwing your dice and tracing them can take a little bit of that pressure off you. Yeah. Yeah. I Absolutely. Think it also helps too. If you have like a specific adventure, or a specific trope or a hook that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. If you draw it out and you have it at a, on a physical place on your map, I think it kind of helps organize or give your players a direction, you know? Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Uh, um, I, think, no, I think map making is probably one of the fun, like it's a very fun part of this game. When you start to yeah. DM and like plan things out, it can be intimidating, but like you said, I think getting started is difficult. Once you get going, it's yeah. just like, oh, sw-. like it's kind of hard to not let the power go to your head where you're just like, <laughs> I will make a mountain range. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like the purest form of DMing because before like anything gets like changed yeah. or edited, you just get to, if you enjoy being creative, this is like probably going to be one of your favorite parts. Yeah. It's just like setting up like the exposition yeah. of your world. Now I will say as a DM, do not grow too attached to your creation. Uh, again, rule number one, D and D is collaborative. People are going to break things and mess things up. And honestly, enjoy it. Like, you made your thing, and I have made mountain ranges. <laughs> yeah. I have raised forests and created oceans. And when your players get in there, they will level those mountains. <laughs> they will clear cut that forest, and they will drain that ocean. Just give them a minute. <laughs> and if you do, like, have, like, if you don't know, if you're, like, partial to certain parts of your world, yeah. and you still want to be a good DM, then just make a group of people that are super passionate about that part of your world. Yeah. And then you can channel all your frustration through actual role play. Right. Yeah. And then those people might die too, but at least you got to like say it out loud and be like, no, no don't destroy that. Yeah. Actually, my favorite thing to do healing. That's it. I've saved more parts of my world with healing than literally anything else. Cause they'll just be like, Oh, well, what if we use that one thing? No, remember that's where you get the really cheap health potions. Oh, right. Can't, oh. can't destroy that. Economic <laughs> reason for not destroying yep. things. That's fantastic. <laughs> Once you understand that players love healing and magic items and hate damage, it, they're really easy to control. <laughs> like corralling ghosts. Yep. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like, Oh, it's like hurting cats. Well, what do cats like? Right. <laughs> and what do cats pen. hate? That's how you herd cats. It's not that difficult, guys. Just think about it for a minute. So it's like players. Oh, I love this part of my world. Guess what? 
health potions, fifty percent off. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't really care about this part of my world. Monsters and dungeons. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Swiss cheese. <laughs> A lousy with dungeons. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think another point that we wanted to kind of go over, and again, if you have any questions on map building or and need any kind of resources or anything that we can assist with, send us a message and we will uh, be happy to talk to you about it. Yeah, um, reach out to us. Yeah. Uh, but the next thing we kind of wanted to go over was uh, we have the uh, idea of your... I don't know. Uh, Josh, you had an explanation for this a little bit better than... I'm running on themes 24-7. Oh, I'm no! Gonna... <laughs> I mean, we, we are... <laughs> I don't know what's coming out of my mouth until it's, like, already there. Okay. Um, <sighs> what were we talking about? Uh, so it was kind of, like, the idea of um, letting D&D... Because there's so many different ways to play D&D. Yeah. And there's so many different people that... Like, like again with the world building is they have their own world and they're very attached to it and they mm -hmm. have a certain way or style of playing that might not really match what you're expecting yeah there's many different flavors of like how you can play D, &D and i think that's one of the things that um newer players might not understand is that when you're first learning about D, &D or getting into your first session with a group of people that you may or may not know um, there's lots of different ways the game can be played. Obviously, of the rule book, and you have like the basic stuff. Absolutely. But beyond that, I mean, some campaigns can be super conquest heavy, moving from one battle to the next, and some can be about intrigue and very like role play heavy. Maybe there's like an overarching mystery that you're trying to solve. Um, you know, some are about like exploration, and maybe some of the players are like that's part of actually being a good DM as well. Is on the flip side, looking at your group mm -hmm. and seeing what they're responding to. Yeah. I'm not like that to them, but definitely weigh it in the direction. Implement of, it. Yeah. Like if your players are having fun in battles and you see them thinking and engaging, you should probably continue giving them things to feel that way about. Yeah. Sure. And the point that I'm making is that if you go into a session and you don't get it, you know, like maybe everyone's really about fighting, but you were kind of excited about this social character that you made right, or you had this play. idea maybe like an illusionist wizard and everyone's just blowing their way through everything <laughs> um you know like it you might be like i don't like dnd but what you're really saying is this is not my play style and dnd can be formatted so many different ways absolutely yeah there's something yeah. about something something skin a cat there are ways. there's more than one way to skin that it. thing just <laughs> say it yourself <laughs> and then that's what i'm talking about for how you can enter a session and how it can be run by the dm i think first yeah. impressions of dnd are can be very jaded especially yes. going into it um especially if you were going into it earlier than the fifth edition mm -hmm. and everything was so very confusing <laughs> and um because i think my first time i ever played um i think i was uh 17 i want to say uh something like that and um a friend of mine who had been playing for a while and was much much more understanding of role-playing games and i mean at that point in my life the most role playing I had ever done was a Zelda game was Majora's Mask. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and the basis of it, the players were online, and um, it was uh, the friend of mine was 
was over and he was physically there, but the rest of the players and the DM, they were online and it was very difficult to understand. And I didn't really go through the information of how to generate my character. And I wasn't like emotionally attached to anything. And uh, they had all been playing for a while and they, it, and I'm not faulting anyone for it. I'm just saying that they didn't explain anything. And they just said, here, rule book character sheet go yeah. <laughs> like i don't know how to do this exactly and so they they um they had something i don't even remember the adventure at this point but i was going to go do something and i said oh i think i'm gonna go look at this thing and uh, i got yelled at by the other players don't go over there you know what are you doing getting away go back i'm over here i'm like oh, i don't want to play this anymore <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's not fun. <laughs> so that kind of tainted D and D and role playing for me for a little while. <laughs> I, I think with any experience, it's sometimes safer, you know, to look at one negative experience and be like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to look at this again, or I don't want to try this anymore. Yeah. You have the assumption it's going to be the same yeah. no matter what. Cause yeah. we kind of shared that we had like a similar experience mm-hmm. where yeah. I, I didn't get yelled at, but I just, it wasn't the right time, I think, in my life. And the way that the session was, it was a little dry compared to, like, some of the stuff that I play now. So I just assumed that's what D&D was. It wasn't for me. I gave it, you know, a fair shot, but it was really the culture of that group and the DM himself that I just... We just didn't jive. Like you said, there was nothing yeah. wrong with anybody. It yeah. just didn't work. And I, because I gave it a fair shot, assumed that I had made my decision about D&D. And it wasn't really until I got into a new group and started DMing the way that I wanted to DM and seeing people respond to it that I realized there's so many, like we were saying, there's so many ways that you can, that you can play the game, you know, skin the cat. Yes. Yeah. Cat. Why are we skinning the cats? Because there's so many ways. We're hurting the cats and now we're skinning the cats. I mean, honestly, I feel like this is all just a huge cover to start our new cat collaboration. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Animal cruelty, no. <laughs> I didn't know how to approach the subject with you guys, so I thought, I'm going to start a D&D podcast. Yeah. Oh, and God. now that we're Whatever here. Time is any. <laughs> Bring the tabaxi. Something's out of the bag. <laughs> it might be a cat. I don't know. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, so the first time that we played together, Laura, you had told me about your bad experience. And yeah. one of the reasons I think I am a little bit more passionate about DMing nowadays and the reason I run five games a night, five individual <laughs> ones, and the reason I want to eventually run, like, more, you know? Like, I want this to be my life. But the reason I'm so passionate about it is because when I got into D&D, it was, like, perfect. Like, it was all sunshine and roses, <laughs> and the streets were paved with gold. Yeah, and like, same. <laughs> I just loved it. I jumped in yeah, and was immediately like taken up with this crazy fantasy set because i i had played pretend my entire life yeah and i grew up and i wanted to be an actor um and i love movies and music and media and entertainment in general and i i love the idea of being a performer you know and when i was a kid i was so heartbroken when i found out this like running away and joining the circus wasn't a thing anymore (laughs) (laughs) uh but now I get to be an entertainer. I get to be the ringmaster as a DM. And the fact that some people jump into this hobby and don't have that experience is like, I want to try and deter that as much as possible. I want people to sit down at my table and have a great time. And 
it hasn't always been that way. Like I've made mistakes and I've had, I like, I've been responsible for somebody having a bad time before. Mm-hmm. And I want to one, never let that happen again. And two, try and kind of save others from dealing with that, you know? Yeah. I'm going to that session. And then I did have one opportunity between that when I was younger and then playing with you and your, your table was, uh, I had one more option, but it was, uh, again, really disorganized and nothing was really explained. The difference between those two experiences and then starting the game with everybody, the big group, yeah. you know, playing with you as the DM was like night and day. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think we had what you call it a, a session zero yeah. where we just got together and we learned how to roll the characters. We understood, you know, the ability scores and what they meant. And I mean, yeah. we didn't understand everything, but. I feel like after that session zero, I had an understanding of the game to where I could play it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it's a kind of an underutilized thing. But as, so DMs, like fellow DMs, session zero can help set everything in place before you ever, ever, ever play. And I know some DMs kind of think of it as like a wasted night because they could just be playing instead. But... Rule number one, this is collaborative. You're not in charge of everything. Your players are going to do things. They're going to imp- like implement their own ideas and have an effect on your world. And that cannot be accounted for. You cannot plan for what other people are going to do. And like I said, you can kind of control your players. Like, you know, health potions 50% off works wonders. <laughs> <laughs> buy one, get one. Yeah, exactly. The buy one, get one sales. You'd be amazed at how quickly you can get players to do what you want if you're just like, oh, um, here's this like cr- crazy temple that I've spent planning out. What sh- how, like, how do I get them to go into it? You just happen to find a book. And in the book, it tells you about this super dope magic item down there that, you know, benefits the party. Right. Fantastic, you know? <laughs> Uh, let's go yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's it's, but it's one of those things that you can't account for you cannot map out what your players are going to do so session zero will at least give you a glimpse of what their plans are though like it will kind of uh let you see what your players expect and what your players want and that like josh was saying you don't spoon feed them that but you understand where they're coming from now and that that can make you powerful that can make you mighty at the table because now not all your players are telling you things just listen right (laughs) i think another benefit of a session zero that i can say as a dm and as a player is that it also gives you i guess as a player mostly a benefit is it gives you a chance to kind of flesh out who your character is a little bit. Because mm-hmm, sometimes mm-hmm. if you just are handed a character sheet or you make one really quick and then just jump into it, you kind of have to figure out your character as you play, yeah. which is a totally viable, Absolutely. completely acceptable way to play the game. But I've had multiple situations where we're doing a session zero and you kind of start to hear these conversations like, oh my, what if our character's our brother and sister or what if our right, characters right. worked in the same mage tower or something and mm-hmm. you kind of sometimes it lets players get creative and get more excited about the story because they start kind of putting their roots in before yeah. the story actually begins and then as a dm 
that gives you an extra week or however long you play your sessions mm-hmm. to then listen to what they said. Yeah. And be like, oh, these two characters want to be related. Right. How can I have fun with that? Yeah. Or these characters want to maybe work here or go to school here or venture here in the past. And, you know, kind of creates this like open dialogue where the characters just get more fleshed out. Like yeah. it's mm-hmm. a free exchange of ideas. Yeah. And it's, it's so good. I've gotten some of the best plot hooks in my, like, you know, as a DM have come from people at session zero talking about, Oh, you know, it'd be cool. And then as right. soon as I hear the phrase, you know, it'd be cool. I immediately just hone in. Like, I may not be looking directly at you, but I'm listening to every word that leaves <laughs> your mouth. Because if somebody says, you know, it would be cool. You should listen because they're about to tell you what would be cool. Right, right. <laughs> and then, I mean, what's it in uh, one of the games we, we used to play? Uh, the one we used to play on Saturday night. Queen uh, of the Dam. Yeah, Queen yeah. of the Dam. Mm-hmm. I distinctly remember Jordan in one of the like very first campaigns talking about airships and like, oh, yeah. pirates and like ocean and things yeah. like that. Two sessions in, you guys were in the middle of the ocean on a boat getting a super cool undead ship. That were sky pirates. Like it was the best. <laughs> okay, well that, that's my point. That like Jordan and you and uh Mina and like some people who were part of that game constantly still talk about it. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like all I did was listen. <laughs> I missed that campaign. <laughs> I know. But it's awesome. You haven't talked about your first experience there. I China. had a great first experience, <laughs> so I have nothing to complain about. Like, thanks to, uh, <laughs> I was like, the only thing that I would, could possibly say that was bad is that I was super nervous. And then, like, it during was. the middle of it, I had to, like, I was like, I'm going to go to the bathroom real quick. And I was just like, oh, you're fine. Everything's fine. And I was like, nice. <laughs> Having an anxiety attack. And then I came oh. back, like, I'm fine. Hot tail was so cute back then. She was so nervous. Her hands were shaking no. as she was, like, changing her HP. And, like, oh, I was just like, yeah. But that, it was fun, though. It really was. Thing. Yeah, no. I, I just think, what's it? I think I've already said it before. Yeah, I think but, yeah. Yeah, no, like her hands were shaking so bad she couldn't fill out her character sheet because she was, was so nervous. nervous. <laughs> no, but that was great. <laughs> so just like, I'm, that's what I'm talking about. That's why I get like hyped up about it. Like, I'm so happy you had a great first experience. And I want other people to sit down at a table and have a great first experience. Mm-hmm. I want all the first times to be fantastic. So that they also get bitten by this bug. And maybe, <laughs> maybe one day, I won't DM. <laughs> oh, yeah. The day. The day will come. <laughs> maybe one day I'll actually be comfortable enough to sit down and somebody will be like, here's how I'm going to DM. And I'm like, I don't actually have a problem with this. Whole lunch. <laughs> Great, let's do this. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah. I think the moral of the story is don't let your first experience uh, whether it be really good or really bad or somewhere in between, be your only experience. Yes. Um, because we have uh, other another friend of ours uh, who is doing a game with us, who is DMing, and her style, her you know her the way she builds her world and yeah. the way she um, makes her monsters and things of like that are wildly different from the way oh, that, that you do it. But it is it's just as fun. Yeah. You know, and I. I really enjoy that campaign just as much as any of the other ones we have running. So mm-hmm. I think it's also important to go out there. And even if you have a, a friend group or you have a set of people that you're uh, doing this game with, 
go out and, and meet some other people and, and it will expand your uh, mental prowess towards yeah. <laughs> playing mm-hmm. the game, yeah. I think. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, not to be a stickler, go out, meet new people. If you don't gel with those people, though, walk away and find new people. Like, yeah, no judgment. Yeah, there's a bunch of people here who, there are a bunch of people on this planet who are picking up D&D and playing D&D. And if you don't mesh with a certain group, that's fine. Like, that just means that that group isn't meant for you. Find a new, like, find the next. I promise you, they will exist. And when you find a table that, like, welcomes you arms wide open, it is one of the best feelings because you know that you're not just playing a game you're making like an entirely new friend circle yeah and i mean you know uh, a year and some change ago i didn't know laura or mina i didn't know Lindsay. i didn't know a bunch of these people yeah um but now i mean we go see movies together and we get dinner and we hang out and we play D D. But you're basically just expanding your friend circle. So I remember we were talking the other day about this and we were, I was mentioning, or somebody was talking about how it's kind of like getting a job and like that workplace having its own culture and you meeting the people that you work with and not necessarily being in love with them or maybe getting along with them right away. And that whole sort of organic experience defining if you're having a good time or not, I feel like really goes into the D and D thing as well. Like if, any of those things aren't working there's nothing wrong with saying i'm gonna i'm not gonna do this anymore yeah find something it's different a game. Mm-hmm. you know if you're not having fun go ahead and not do that until you can maybe find a better fit yeah. But there's, yeah there's so many ways that you can do it that i think it's worth giving a few shots um you know maybe different personalities just because you'll i don't know i feel like anybody realistically i feel like anybody could have some sort of fun playing D. Yeah, I because agree. of how much it doesn't define itself. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I think we uh, made that point pretty well. <laughs> no. On to the next one. <laughs> <laughs> what does the audience say? Audience says yes. <laughs> Survey exactly. says exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh my god. Well, I think that is actually getting to pretty much do it for us this uh, this time. And um, it, and again, if if anybody has any issues like with finding a place, I know there's uh, Facebook groups like the Blue Ribbon Army uh, for Ooh, our yeah. area of the world. We and should, uh, yeah, we are in um, kind of the greater Phoenix area, Phoenix, Chandler, Tempe. Yeah. Area, uh, but there's an organization in Arizona specifically for Phoenix Comic Fest now. It's not. It's no longer Comic Con. It's Comic Fest now. Right. Right. Um, called the Blue Ribbon Army, the BRA. They are a fantastic group of people uh, that are constantly putting nerds in touch with other nerds. Yeah, and <laughs> I mean that is how uh, our friend Jordan found Simon, and mm. that's how this whole thing started. Was on Blue Ribbon Army's uh, Facebook page. Mm. And so it, there's a lot of resources over social media that if you need help looking for something or if we can help you do research in your area, I we're more than happy to help you find, you know, the, the, the people Absolutely. that might help you there, yeah. you know? 100%. 100%.
So absolutely send us a link or a, not a link, but a message or something. Send us your address. Yes. <laughs> we so, want to know you. Social security number. We'll <laughs> help you find a game. <laughs> Listen, we really need to get to Nigeria. Can you just send us $300,000? <laughs> yeah. Please and thank you. <laughs> um, but anyway, I, I think... Uh, we have uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, dragons. <laughs> we're, we are no. Think Critical uh, DDSG on uh, Facebook and Instagram. And I think Twitter, we are uh, Think Critical D20 because Twitter reasons. And uh, yeah. so absolutely look us up, find us, talk to us. Uh, we'd be more than happy to hear from you. Yeah. 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 100%. We're very, very lonely. We're waiting for people. <laughs> Love us. Love me. <laughs> Not us, me. Me no, specifically. Oh, okay. Your ego doesn't need that. Exactly. My ego yeah. does need that. Oh, could you imagine if we get fans how monstrous I'm going to oh be? My oh, my God. God. It's going to be like Jeff from Community. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm going to be. Oh. Yes, love me. <laughs> Please. Oh I my know. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for tuning in and listening. And uh, we hope very much so to hear from you and to see you at our table. Yeah.